Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. Hey guys, this is Danny J, and I wanted to quickly do an intro for this podcast. I know we usually don't do an intro prior to, but the reason is, is that I didn't even know we were recording when we started it. So you're going to see that we start off just in silly banter conversation before we get into it. But I also want to give an intro to these guys because you may not know who Mind Pump is. So funny enough, Jill and I were heading, we were in Austin for Paleo FX and she said, hey, you want to do an interview with the Mind Pump guys? And I said, I don't know who the Mind Pump guys are, but sure. (laughs) And she basically said, they were like us in male version. And I go, whatever, sounds good. Let's go. Anyway, we got to meet uh, Adam, Sal, and Justin. And if you follow them on Instagram, it's Mind Pump Sal, Mind Pump Adam, Mind Pump Justin. And you'll see we had such a great time with them. Great conversation. Um. You know, if you go to their website, they've been described as an online radio show that's a combination or cross between Howard Stern meeting fitness. So sometimes it's raw, sometimes it's shocking, and always entertaining and informative, and I think you will find that. Um, You'll see their personalities stand out, how they're so different from each other, and how they came from their fitness backgrounds into really just more talk and kind of bringing and shining light on um, the fitness industry, and now just... I don't know, I'm going to say real talk, real life, all of the things, but I hope you enjoy it. We had such a great time with them. Make sure you go over to the Mind Pump podcast and subscribe to them and tell them that we sent you. All right. See you in the episode. This is the Best Life Podcast with Jill and Danny J. Of these I'm like all nervous about my voice now. I'm like, do I have a good? <laughs> it sounds like good. Yeah. You guys have good voices. If you have you a voice. You, got, you guys sound like a rap group. Very Say that smoothie. name one more time. That sounds really good. Jill and Danny J. Yeah, yeah. Jill okay. and Danny J. Usually D Money and the Jillionaire. Oh, oh shit. yes, dude. That's good. It's a that's power good. group right there. It's like uh, <laughs> DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. What that's, that's what that sounds like. We don't like. have nickname. Well, we have, you know, big cakes, but there's no other. Nobody else has. <laughs> Oh, can we make like Big 80s cakes. references and Abs- 90s references? Absolutely. Are you kidding me? Do that. Did you guys already like go see Ready Player day. One? No, I read the book though. What? I haven't seen it yet. So many references. So many re- Yeah, yeah. Especially if you... What book? Ready, Ready Player, Player One. What the hell is that? Uh, you don't know what that is? I try not to read those it's, books because then it ruins movies for me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's worth a watch. Everyone always says, oh, it's such a good book. You should read it. Like, I don't want it to ruin the movie. Yeah. I love watching movies. Yeah. Like, I don't want to ruin the experience <laughs> for me. Because that's what everyone says, right? You, uh, if I read the book, it's oh, the, the movie was like, okay. Uh, yep. <clears throat> I'm the opposite. I don't like movies. Oh, you don't like movies at yeah. all? I just uh, You don't Netflix and chill? I just started Netflixing like, and chilling months ago. Too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what it was. What, Netflixing and chilling? I didn't know what Netflix was. You didn't even know what Netflix was? No. Wow. <laughs> and then she posted on Facebook like six months ago. Yeah. What's Netflix? And people, I thought it was like you put the DVDs in the mail still. She grew up Mormon, so that. Oh. oh that's when that's like, <laughs> that Everything makes sense. Oh, explains sorry. everything. We get it. No, my dad watches lots of TV. I was going to say, you live in a yurt? Or, uh, <laughs> yeah. Where we t- yeah. I just don't do TV. So, okay, what did, you, what did you do as a kid growing up then? 
Did you watch TV then and you stopped later no, as an adult? No, I never did. I did gymnastics. So I was always like, I did four hours a day practice. So I just didn't have time, I guess. Oh, mm. shit. How long mm. did you stay doing that for? Uh, Till I was 16, 15. Okay. And then I got pregnant and had to stop. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait, you didn't watch TV, but you got pregnant at 16? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So she was doing the chilling. <laughs> yeah, she was. But not the Netflix thing. <laughs> you got the chill part really well already, but you didn't need it. She said, fuck this Netflix. We I want to get right to the good reenact this for me. I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah right. Oh, That's shit. <laughs> Looks like that strategy backfired. When I, that's what happens when you're flexible and you're 15. <laughs> wow. 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 <laughs> So were you like super Cheers, conservative girl that went like hardcore, like rebellious? No, just my family was really conservative. She's naughty over here. She's like, yes, she was. <laughs> my family was very conservative. So um, I grew up the same way, so I could totally appreciate that. So I, would, I didn't do any drugs. I didn't have sex. I didn't do any of that stuff till I was like 20 years old on because I grew up in a super conservative home. Very was it religious? Yeah, yeah. That my parents are Christian, so that's what I grew up in. But they were like hardcore, mm. uh, you know. Like, we, yeah. my mom was like walking around, like blessing the house all the time and rebuking, <laughs> rebuking Satan out of our house. <laughs> should, yeah, right. And one, one week, Satan under the couch. Then one week they're throwing frying pans and fighting with each other. The next week we're in Sunday school. You know what I'm saying? It was classic just, Christian. Yeah, right. Yeah. I grew so. up Catholic, which is like a whole nother weird. Like strange yes. Christians, just guilty. Yeah. Strange, yeah. Just because like guilty. also we just love to drink. Doing like I was drinking wrong. when I was like thirteen. Like I mean, yeah. just so different. Wow. And then you just go to mass and you're like, I'm forgiven. Right. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> um. So like for for maybe people who don't know you guys, your origin story. So like full transparency, I actually just found out about you guys a couple months ago. Wait, have we been recording this whole time? Yeah, absolutely. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I know we're all. I don't know if that's how you're all. I know we're on your show. Yeah, exactly. Totally cool. That. Yeah, we so hijacked like, Mike last night. Yeah, origin story. Like, tell us about Mind Pump. Like, how did you guys get to this point? Decided to do this. What was the well? Plan? I was I was up late one night and uh, I was on Tinder and I saw these two guys and swiped right over and we all connected. That's joking. That's not true. <laughs> that would be yeah. amazing. No, uh, you can find friends on Tinder. You now. can. Uh, but no, I mean, not, not that how, I'm on. But. Yeah, that's not how I found these guys. We you messing that joke up. It's grinder. My dude. bad. Yeah, <laughs> my bad. No, we we uh, we've all been in fitness for a very long time. So I started at 18 years old. I was a, a personal trainer that night. I was managing gyms. Black and white TVs yeah, way back. Yeah, back, in the, back in the 1800s. <laughs> and, um, and I was managing gyms at 19 and, and 20. And I had heard about Adam a little bit later on in my career. We, we, we had both worked for 24-Hour Fitness during its heyday. So when 24-Hour Fitness started really exploding. And I'd known about him because we were top performers. And it was a very competitive company. And people told me I should work with them. And I think they told them the same thing. But we never actually met. In fact, the three of us didn't meet or the four of us didn't all meet together until probably a f like like six months before we started Mind Pump. If so that. Maybe. Right. Yeah, if Maybe. That. We didn't even know each other. Um, but uh, we all had kind of similar paths. So, I, I mean, for me, fitness was I started out working out because of my insecurities over my body. I felt like I was too skinny. I needed to work out, lift weights, do all that. And then I found a deep passion for people and, and started training clients and started to, you know, when you do this long enough, long enough, especially if you really have a passion for people in fitness, you start to realize that a lot of the things that you thought were true about health and fitness, a lot of the, the, the common knowledge, so to speak, is false. A lot of it's based off on, uh, you know, supplement advertisements or even personal training certifications would teach us things that were totally wrong. And you start to learn these things because you really care about people and you start to see what works and what doesn't work. And, um, you know, fast forward 10 years later, I'm, I'm unpeeling, peeling back all the layers and realizing that uh, the fitness industry is largely bullshit. There's a lot of stuff <laughs> in it that's absolute garbage. And 
there are more eating disorders and more problems in fitness, the health industry, than there are in the in, that there than there was in the regular world. And um, you, you know, later on, I started training Doug. Uh, he was actually one of my first one of my clients. We became good friends, and uh, we you know we I created a program called Maps. Doug decided uh, you know he wanted to help me advertise it, and then that's when I finally got in contact with Adam. I sent Adam our first promotional material. And we got on the phone, and within, I don't know, 15 minutes, we decided, let's do a podcast. And that first meeting, the, the, the funny thing is, that first meeting we all had, we all sat down. Well, the only reason we why, haven't recorded. The only reason why we hit that off, too, was at the same time, even though we hadn't met yet, I was kind of going down the same path of like putting this all together. So it's kind of yep. serendipitous how we mm-hmm. found each other. Because when he sent over this you know, lead magnet, basically, to capture leads online mm-hmm. that he had created with Doug, I was like, holy shit, this is like the first like real good lead magnet of give- giving people real solid information that compared to all the bullshit that I'd seen out there, which is what made me get back to him and be like, dude, this is brilliant. This is what people need to hear. And that's where we all met up together. And man, the first time we all sat down, what do we go like two, three hours of just- No, it was four, four hour conversation. Yeah. Wow. Nonstop. It was like instant uh, chemistry. And it's funny because I went into that meeting. I knew of Adam and I knew a little bit about Justin through Adam and uh, I went into that meeting thinking literally to myself, I said, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to lay out exactly, you know, there, there's certain, when you, especially when you partner with people, you want to be very clear when you first start. It's like a relationship. Yep. You want to be very clear on expectations. And for me, it was, I'm not going to sell out uh, integrity, number one, I want to call out the bullshit and I want to be as raw and honest as possible, like no filter. And like, let's do this. I, as, <laughs> yeah. as soon as I sat let's down, talk I, shit. I said yeah. a couple words. These guys finished my sentence and yep. it was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. We're all on the same exact page. And that's kind of how we started. You know, Mind Pump didn't monetize for a full year. We had decided we're we going to do this. came out guns blazing. Yeah. We're going to do this for a year and not try to sell anything. I think, I think what really kind of set us apart, like we saw a lot of podcasts because once we decided like this is what we're going to do what's out there what podcasts are out there that we even like and there's only like a a select few that were even somewhat engaging somewhat entertaining and um a lot of times uh when when we were going through it it was the controversial stuff that really stuck out and so we just decided right away okay if i have an issue with somebody's you know programming or nutrition advice or you know whatever the topic may be let's not just ignore it let's really bring that to the forefront and describe why we have a problem with it and so you know it was has that it was gotten kind you guys of into any mode. hot water or it, like it, from day one totally really? from day one the, the first one of our first episodes that we did that got a lot of traction was and it was like episode four or five yeah, it was in the first 10 was uh why mind pump doesn't crossfit and at the time you know crossfit started has evolved quite mm-hmm. a bit but but at the time especially a lot of bad coaches a lot of bad programming you know, doing Olympic lifts. Well, and, and it was, it was training. exploding. It was, so it was the time to talk about it. Everybody yeah, else yeah. was talking about how great it was and everybody and their mother were trying CrossFit. And, and what we saw was a lot of injuries, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, HPA access dysfunction, a lot of terrible programming. Yeah. Totally. And uh, we called it out. And the next day, so we're also like episode five. The next day, we get a message from headquarters, Ooh. CrossFit headquarters. I mean, we're nobody, right? right we right, just yeah. launched a podcast. Nobody knew who we were. We get a message from them, and they're and they're like, uh, "You guys basically need to take that episode down." And you know, and here's the thing about CrossFit: they can be pretty litigious. Like, yep. you, people know mm. don't don't fuck with them. They're a big, 
you know, big organization. And so we saw this message. And, and we, we were said, like, we're all broke right now. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Come like, get we'll me, just, bro. We'll just yeah. file a new LLC and start all over again. <laughs> exactly. We'll be mind pump squared. Who yeah. gives a fuck? Yeah. That's what, that was our what attitude. Said, we yeah. were high-fiving each other. Like, oh, oh my God. shit, we got their attention. Like, hey, man, pay attention to us. Yes. Yeah. 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 And we did episode two, Why We Don't CrossFit. Yeah, oh. so we went out yeah. even harder. That's amazing. Like, yeah. We actually yeah. know we're going to double down on the message. Yeah. And, we and you know, it's and then they left us alone. That's another thing we all, one thing we have in common is like, do not tell us what we can and we can't do. Yes. We will literally do the opposite of what you tell us. <laughs> yeah. No, mm-hmm. we're kind of the same way. Oh, like yeah. Autonomy is number one. Right. Absolutely. We so. got away with it though because we uh, we did a lot of like talking shit about ourselves too. Though. Like yeah. we were, we're very humanizing in the fact that we we tell people all the mistakes that we made. I was not a great trainer at all for probably at least the first five to eight years. Yeah. So, you know, I think the fact that we come out honest like that, it's not us saying like, oh, these people are all bad and we're so good. No, right. It's not like self-righteous no. about it. No, good. no. And I, I think that's why it works, right? Because you can't, I think if we, people would think we're haters if we were coming out and just like pointing at people. It's not like that at all. I think most of the time we're pointing at ourselves and all the shit that we did bad and just helping people look through, look at all these different modalities through a different lens. Instead of being sold by the people that want you to do it or sell you or market something to you, like, let's break it down and let's talk about the things that are really good about it. And let's talk about the things that probably are fucking not good about Mm -hmm. it. And then we can share with you guys our experiences of the thousands of clients that we've trained that have tried these different pathways and what happens. And I feel like nobody really addresses the psychological part, which mm. if you've been training for a really long time, you, that's the biggest part. Yeah. Mm. You, you start to put that together. Like, holy shit. Like that's everything. Yeah. Like, you know, pick, picking apart programming and this and that and different yeah. diets that you follow. It's like, man, if I can't get my client's head right and they're, them wrapped around that, like they're going to fail no matter what they mm. fucking do mm. anyways. You know, have there ever been a time like where one of you wanted to talk about something and the rest of you weren't on board and you guys just support each when other. We, or when, when we first started, um, so Sal, as much as he loves fitness, he probably loves politics even more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to talk to you guys about yep. that too. So we we kind of stayed away from it for a really long time. And then we, we kind of revisited. So what happened was we had this fuck it attitude when we first started where we're going to say whatever, we're going to do whatever. I mean, we had off the wall episodes. You have no idea. Off <laughs> yeah. the wall. Like we did a whole episode on vajazzling. Like yes. we did, you know, if we were gay, we did a whole yeah, episode. We if that. we were a woman, <laughs> what would it be? That's we did, amazing. Yeah, we just we went that. all over Unanimously, the Unanimously, Justin would be the hottest one. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> and then when we started to get some traction. Kind of voluptuous. We started to get some traction, uh, you know, when you- and we started to have enough people that were listening that even though a majority of people still liked it, we were starting to get the like, hey, that was pretty crazy or this right. or that. And so we were, we kind of, we started to censor our message. And I think probably, I don't know, we were a couple hundred episodes running like that. And then we all kind of agreed like, you know what? We started this thing on the fuck it. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about what we want to talk about. And I think I feel confident in the way all three of us deliver that message that I don't care if we get in hot water. Like, let's just do it. And at that time, I was really thinking about wanting to. I wanted to push Sal, and I just because I think the way he articulates uh, his his opinions when it comes to politics is very, very, very good for people to hear because he doesn't come in a biased way. He's trying to convince you. It's like let me just show you both sides of this, and then you make up the decision what you think. And yep. so it's one of my favorite things to talk with him off air. So mm-hmm. I was like, we've mm-hmm. got to get this on air. And I know it's fucking what everyone says don't do, but yeah. let's fucking do it. So we've <laughs> we've touched on religion. Don't we talk, talk about, about politics. Yeah, like politics. we break all Death. the rules. But I think it's the way we communicate it. And we don't all fucking agree all the time. So it's not yeah. the three of us preaching to people mm-hmm. saying like, oh, this is how we believe about Paul. I mean, Sal and I will disagree yeah. all the time with it. I'll, I'll challenge his way of thinking. But I think that's what people enjoy is yeah. they love to hear that dialogue of two people. Because I know what I'm saying is what somebody's thinking. Someone's thinking that what yep. he's saying is full of shit. So I'm going to say bullshit, bro. This right. is how I feel. Yep. And I think that open discussion, I think people are really drawn to that raw side of our mm-hmm. show for mm-hmm. sure. 
Yeah, that's super cool. I'm also curious too, because we have the two of us. And so sometimes uh, getting our schedules together to be on the podcast at the same time can be tricky. How did you guys decide that you're all going to be on the same page and you're going to do this together, especially at the first year when you weren't monetizing and you mm. kind of like didn't have incentive to keep going? Well, that's an interesting, right. there's an interesting story behind that. When we first started the podcast, we had a fourth host. So Craig Caperso is a good friend of ours. Uh, he's like a bodybuilding.com spokesperson mm-hmm. or whatever. And at that time, he had the biggest traction, the biggest fame. Oh, yeah. Weren't yeah, so. you that, too? Yeah. yeah. Oh, the cool. bodybuilding folks. Oh, very cool. So you know who he is. So, so yeah. but he, had, he had the largest social media following by far. And, you know, part of the strategy was we need to get a foothold when we start the podcast. And it's great that we have this guy yeah. who's got a big social media following. He can kind of put it out there. So we actually recorded something like 10 episodes. No, 15. 15 episodes. Yeah. Recorded a bunch of episodes. We're ready to launch. Doug edited, you know, put the front end on it. It looked all good. We're ready to go. And... Craig sent you know some of the shows to some of the reps at Cellucor. Who was it, one of it, was largest, the, it was the VP yeah. at Cellucor one, at the time. One of the largest, one of his biggest sponsors. sponsors. Yeah. The guy listens to the episodes and you know tells him, "Great show, I would totally listen to it. I don't think it's a good idea for you though because we're mm. so controversial." Mm. Yeah. So we get a call from Craig. I mean, this is like literally not joking. Like a week before we're ready to launch, we get a call from him. And he's like, "I got to, I got to step out. I can't do this." So now we have to scrap the entire thing. <sighs> And, you know, it's kind of like, fuck, what do we do now? And again, I'm, I get on the phone with these guys and I'm ready. I'm, I'm in my mind. I'm like, I'm gonna, I, need, I need to motivate these guys because we need to keep going. This is a good thing. And before I could say a single word, I don't know if it was Adam or Justin who's like, fuck it, we're going to do it on our own. And I'm like, mm-hmm. hell yeah, mm-hmm. let's keep doing this. And so from day one, our attitude was very, we're going to do this no matter what. We put it on our schedule. We all had full-time jobs. Mm-hmm. So what we used to do is we used to meet, uh, I think it was Monday nights Monday and, nights, yeah. and, and, Thursday. and Thursday nights. Mm-hmm. Monday nights and Thursday like nights. Two or three episodes. Yeah, we would meet at like 5 p.m. and we'd record till about 9 p.m. And that was it. We decided we're going to do it. We just stayed very consistent. Part of part of the consistency, we've all been entrepreneurs. So we know what it takes to, to build a business. So that's not a problem. The other part of it is it's it was truly, and it still is truly the most enjoyable thing I've ever done in my entire life. It's extremely therapeutic. The, the conversation you hear on on our show is conversation we have off the show. Yeah. So when we sit down, it's the same thing. So it's like, cool, I get to go hang out with you know great people. We get to have great conversation. No, This is going to be awesome. And so that's what we did for about a year. Then when we turned on the monetization switch, mm-hmm. uh, it was incredible. We, there was a huge response from our audience. Uh, people really liked what we had to say. So they wanted to buy what we had to offer. And it wasn't shortly after we all decided, let's do this full time. And we all sold well, I look our businesses. At the first year being controversial and like calling things out. The second year was like, well, what's our answer to all that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like we, we really just tried to hone in on that because a lot of people were giving us questions and like, I, I get it. You know, you have a problem with this, you know, the way people are doing this, so how this would nutrition you thing, right? you know, so... We really had to like buckle down and create more content, very specific. And we had already answered all that first. Yeah. Like we answered it on the show. And I think this is something when we talk, when I talk to like people that are wanting to become entrepreneurs or start an online businesses, I think the biggest mistake I see happening is people trying to monetize too soon. They get a little bit of traction, mm-hmm. they get a little popularity, and then all of a sudden you see here comes their Instagram post. Everything's like you know, their supplement they're pushing or their clothing line, and they're making ten percent commission. Like right. 
Dude, those people aren't making any money right. off of that. Like, mm-hmm. that's not a legitimate business. Like, you're really, you're, I mean, the sub, I think it's brilliant by the supplement companies and yes. the clothing line. I mean, they're, I'm, kudos to them for convincing all these young kids to. Yeah, fitness influencers. That's the way yeah. that they, the only way they think they can make money is from like a supplement. You know, right. we were chasing, we Be talked sponsored. about this before. Yeah. We got on, like, Danny and I, we were just trying to get a magazine cover. And right. like, mm-hmm. you actually have to pay to get one of those. <laughs> yeah. Like, we don't make a lot of money off mm-hmm. that, but I think that's a huge misconception. So, for you guys, like, when you decide to mind, well, I loved it. You said, that people are trying to monetize too fast, but it's hard, right? Because especially marketing, like people are just like, you can make six figures in the next three months. So there's this Mm. marketing angle that, you know, you're coming on, you're a trust builder, you're trying to put out content and you're going to get paid right away. Mm -hmm. And you just don't, like people just aren't there. You can create products, Mm -hmm. but no one cares. No. So here's one of the things I love about fitness so much. And I learned this early on in my career training uh, kids. I would train like 13 year old, 14 year old kids. And what I noticed is when we, when, when I did a good job training them, their, their performance in school would improve. They would be better at home. And I know this because their parents hired me. Their parents would come tell me. And I started to piece this together. And, and the thing that, the, the reason why fitness is so awesome is it's a very black and white representation of put in some work and some sacrifice and then you see some progress. So I'd take these kids, I'd train them. And today we do 10 push ups and next week we did 12 push ups. And then I'd sit them down and be like, hey, John, you know, you just did two more push-ups. Do you know what that means? You'd be like, well, I got stronger. So, well, no, what it means is your body is fundamentally different than it was last week. And that's because of what we did last week with the hard work. So then they start putting, piecing that together. And what I learned through fitness also is that fitness, you know, and a long time ago, for some reason, uh, exercise turned into sweat and get sore and it needs to be hard. Really what, what working out is, is it's it's practice. It's a skill. Yep. Get really good at that skill. You it's guys a lifestyle. know this. You, you think of business building. Yes. And the same thing with building a business. It's a skill. And so when you're starting out a business through social media or you're an entrepreneur or a podcast, develop your skill, build uh, that trust, build that authority, and then you can start asking for money. But it's, it would be like competing. The funny part is in you powerlifting day you, one, when never having lifted weights. You don't even have to ask. You don't even have to ask for money. You, if you do it right, mm-hmm. people will be asking They'll you. I beg mean, you for something. Yeah, I remember yeah. we. It was quite some time that we were all getting DMs and emails of people wanting us to make something that they could buy, and we all. I mean, even people were asked saying they wanted us to start a Patreon thing so they could just give us money. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like they were behind the cost so in a much. Box, I'll buy it. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, literally, people, people would yeah. say that, and so I. And I think that, and there was a lot before that, right? There was a lot of building this business well before we started to get that. Years, you know, arguably, especially if you go back to like when I really started this because I had the intention of starting a social media business when I first started to compete and even Mm -hmm. before that. So it was like, it took years Mm -hmm. to get to that point where we had that authority or where people were like just wanting to give us money and still... That way today, we have this core. And I tell people all the time, like if you measure somebody's business off of their Instagram or Facebook following, like I have met more people with 20 to 50,000 followers that have five, $10 million companies. Mm -hmm. And then I've met a ton of kids, okay, or young adults that have, you know, 2 million, 4 million, a million followers on Instagram. And maybe they make six figures because they're making 20% commission off of the, all these people that are buying their shit, which is probably because it's some shit that they bought from China, put a logo flip on it and then sell it. Like that's not a real, but you're not even, that's not even fashion. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's why like when people ask us, like, you know, like the, like the t-shirt part of our business, uh, yeah. like I don't even count it. It like barely pays for itself. It's like marketing, I call right? it. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 yeah, yeah, it's yeah, free yeah. advertising. That's the way we look at it. It's not our, yeah. and, but yet a lot of these young minds think that th- that's what you do is you get, 
you know, famous on social media and then you start to so peddle close. these things and it's like, that's not a real business. Like, no, no. Even if you can make a lot of money for a little while doing that, like you're not going to make money for 15 years. Sustainable. Right? Yeah. You need to provide real value, real influence. Like, you know, yes. I can communicate 15 ideas right now, but if you leave and, and none of them impact Sticks. you, it doesn't matter. But if I impact one, if I tell you one idea and it really changes how you think about things fundamentally or how you behave, I've influenced you. And in order to do that, you have to provide value. You have to build that kind of authority. And the, the, the thing about online businesses or social media or podcasting is you don't need millions of followers to create a successful business. Right. You need like thousands. But you need to do a really good job and provide a tremendous amount of value and display incredible integrity. And that can't happen in you know a few months. It takes time. It took us, like I said, it took us a year to develop that kind of trust with our audience and, and we continue to foster that and we treat that very, very, very highly. It's the number one priority of ours. Yeah, I love that integrity because if you don't have that, what do you have in your business, right? Yeah. Marketers will say whatever. Especially in fitness. Yeah. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. You, you guys have been in fitness for a little while. I've been in fitness for 20, 20 years. years. Yep. There is, uh, I, I mean, I, there's very few industries I can think of that are more literally full of crap. I mean, honestly, <laughs> look, I was that kid. I was that skinny kid trying to get build muscle, buying every product, looking at the cybergenics or the twin lab and the before and after and taking all this crap and following these <laughs> workouts that were promoted by guys that were on ridiculous amounts of anabolic hormones and it's not working for me and what's going on. I guess I have bad genes. I guess I'm a, you know, a hard gainer and um, I, I fell for all that stuff. And then I taught my clients that stuff, which makes me feel absolutely mm -hmm, terrible. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's evolution, I guess. Yeah. And it really, you want to separate yourself in the fitness industry, have yep. integrity, which is sad to say, <laughs> but it's true. It's so true. And you know, we have a lot of it's fitness. So punk rock. You know? Yeah. We have a lot of fitness entrepreneurs on our, who listen and they're like, a lot of them are just getting started like first six months, 12 months. And you guys, you know, yes, you need to have authority and, and add value, but I feel like everyone's kind of saying the same thing, or most people are saying the same thing in that level of value, the same certification, you know, kind of, so how do you separate yourself? You guys obviously have personalities. You've, My question is always like, how do you teach someone to be, to have like that charisma that it takes to stand out when there are so many voices kind of all saying the same thing? How do you mm. stand out? Like, can you, do you need to be extremely good looking? Do you have to be like funny? Do you need to be like controversial? How do you teach someone? I, well, think, there, I think there's, I think you hit a couple of them that are important. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to be vulnerable too. I think it's important to be just I think learning to speak from your heart is one of the hardest things for people to do. And I think when you tap into that, like that's the charisma. That's it's just being real in you. I think in this world it's harder than ever with all the fake bullshit that we mm -hmm. see in this Photoshop, you know, filter world. You know, everybody's not, it's, you're, it's rare you meet real motherfuckers. So if yeah. you can be real, I think. I think that's the refreshing thing, right? That, right. They, it, they totally stand out when somebody's just being themselves to the to the nth degree, right? And a uh, perfect example of that is like Kyle Kingsbury. He's somebody we met and we're just like, oh my God, like that guy, I don't know what it is, but just the way that he is, it's just like so <laughs> contagious. He's just like such he's, a real he's dude. Just, look, here's the yeah. thing. Nobody, you, you can be one thing better than anybody in the world and that's you. Nobody can be you better than you, right? So Do people know themselves though? Like what, how would you help someone become more self-aware? Well, that's just it. That's just it. You yeah. have to, un you have to be vulnerable. You have to unpeel mm -hmm. those insecurities and it's a process. It's like, it doesn't happen overnight. So like we don't, you know, the part when I said that podcasting is therapeutic, we've changed, I've changed more in the last three years. And I could, I, I could probably say that about you guys too, right? I don't know if you guys would disagree. Oh, was, I've changed more and grown more in the last three years than I did in the previous 10 years. And I consider myself a growth minded individual. And it's because 
on this podcast. You're trying to be as real as possible. It's getting yeah. recorded. I get to hear it later on. It's literally like, a timeline of yeah. growth. You can see each one of us. And I know just to speak on my own behalf of like sucking, like this was terrible for me. I had to drink so much alcohol <laughs> to make this work. And uh, it was just like, oh, I was pulling teeth. And man, it, just being around these guys and kind of like putting people uh, you know, when you're doing a business or you're doing any kind of venture and you're trying to find people that are better than you at something and to just kind of immerse yourself in it a hundred percent, like it starts to pay off. And every day, like, oh my God, it it's a struggle. But like I know that like the reward is there. You know, the the learning just happens at an accelerated pace when you're around people that are just like, this is so easy well, for me. I love, you know? I love I love what Gary V says too. I think you gotta eat shit for like nine, ten years. Yeah. That's I, it. I mean, I think that like we're we live in this instant gratification world right now. So a lot of these people they want to hear the right answer. They want to hear the well, just tell me what I need to do and then I'll be there. It's like, well, no, you probably need to fall on your face at least six, seven times before you even realize what you're doing wrong. So I think that I think that's part of it right now is we live in a world where we're so used to buy we can get everything through our phone now. And so we think that business is like that too. And when you see these outliers that actually do, you know, get famous for whatever reason on and, and they actually do make money, it's hard to combat that, right? Because it's like, well, you know, my favorite Instagram star, he's rolling around in a Lamborghini and he's doing all these things like fuck. Well, I mean, yeah. he well, did it. I'll tell you, here's a here's a good strategy in fitness. This is a very simple, basic one. Take information that is common knowledge that you know to be false, or at least you know to be uh, sold in a way that may be false. I'll give you an example. I'll give you a, a few examples. When yeah, we, but, yeah, but nobody fucking knows that. Well, no, they do. Well, then, 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 then check it out or, and, and examine everything. I'll give you some examples. Mind pump wouldn't have done so well. Dude. Well, like, well, when we started our, <laughs> when we started the show three years ago, you know, we would do episodes where we would talk about, you know, eating small meals throughout the day is bullshit. Or you know, fasting is actually beneficial yeah, for contrarianism as yeah. a you know. Yeah, but that's, that's still, but listen though, that's still that still is the norm, bro. That's what yeah. I'm saying. So yeah. talk about. Well, here's one. Here's an easy one. Here's an easy one. In fitness, protein is the the magic macronutrient. It's the one you need to eat all the time. Eat a lot of. Nobody ever says maybe I should have some low protein days. Now, if you <laughs> examine that, and here's the thing: examine that for a second. Look that up. Read some literature on it, and then you start to realize: wait a minute. Sometimes there's some benefit to having low protein days. Now, mm-hmm. that if I say that in a fitness circle, minds are blown. <laughs> yeah, People not are a gram per pound of body weight. Exactly. People's minds are blown. Everybody's like, are you crazy? Yep. I can't believe you're saying that. And you get a little bit of attention. And so you can do some of that with fitness. And there's a lot of things in fitness that we, you know, look, cardio. Cardio is not the best way to burn body fat. Everybody you know, loses their minds when I say that. But it's, but it's right. true. It's controversial, but it's true. And so you can get a little bit of attention that way. But at the end of the day, is it guaranteed that you're going to be successful? No. But your best bet is to try to be as real and true to yourself as possible because that's the only way that you'll achieve true success. At the end of the day, though, are people going to like you? Well, then who knows? Maybe right. the real you is someone that's not likable, not entertaining. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. That's my thing. It's like, yeah. is someone just a wet mob, like never going to be successful? Right. You can't. You, and not everybody can do to, can do well yeah. in this, but your right. best bet yeah. is to be yourself. I love that you guys, too, actually keep separate, like you have separate uh, Instagram accounts for your own self. So your Mind Pump mm-hmm. Sal, Mind Pump. So, and you have your brand account. Was that strategic to decide that you are, were are all going to be on the same account to do it together. Mm-hmm. We had a discussion about that early on. Yeah, because I was running the Mind Pump Media one for a while. Right. And then they, and then Adam actually was going under, we love to hate Adam, I think, for a long time. We love to hate yeah, Adam. I yeah, start, I started mine first, and I, I was trying to get these guys on. So before Mind Pump even existed, I did the whole competing thing, mm-hmm. and I did. A, I, watched, I, let, I showed everybody my transformation from fat to fit on Instagram. Mm-hmm. 
But when we when we first started, we knew like even just the way we are together, we're so different. We're so right. different that we knew that we were, and in, that's part of the secret sauce too, right? Is mm-hmm. that Sal and I are very polarizing personalities. Justin's the fan not favorite, right? Bodybuilding. So everybody loves everybody loves Justin <laughs> for sure. And and if you love me, you probably hate Sal. And if you love Sal, you probably hate me. Right. So we knew that we we were going to separate our fans a little bit, and yeah. they're not. And we of course there's crossovers of people that kind of love all of us, but. Yeah. When you have polarizing personalities like that, it's inevitable that I'm going to get some hate, which is what we love to hate Adam stood for. Yeah. And so, you well, know, it, you know, it, we, here's the thing too: is like with with the new media, because that's what we're talking about, right? New media. Yes. With new media, people want to, or at least they seem to respond well to uh, knowing more about the individual. So, yeah, you yes. know, they may be listening to the show, they may be following me for fitness advice, but there's a lot more to me than just fitness. There's a lot of things that I'm interested in that are very different from because we all have fitness in common but then we have other things that we have we don't have in common oh, we at couldn't all. be more different outside of that yeah. i mean i was just thinking about today so we went and worked out and how crazy is this trip on this we've been together four years even so a year before the podcast right and i can count on under 10 maybe on one hand how many yeah, times we've actually even probably five times. Trained, trained together, together. trained together yeah. really actually have yeah. we ever we have a, we, have a, yeah. we have we own a gym together wow. in, in <laughs> wow. this in this and we don't even train I don't even do think, different things i don't even think i think we've only actually worked out together I mean. once or twice yeah, yeah. yeah. actually you guys used to come to norcal where we follow the same workout yeah, yeah. yeah. that yeah. was it yeah, yeah. we just I, I think we're just we're into all different things for sure i yeah. did a good bro workout too. Yeah. you know and it, yeah. it plays nicely the different personalities even you know danny and i are obviously best friends but we've had some different you know personalities traits. Danny takes it one step too far a lot, but always. <laughs> oh, okay. That's me. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I'm always There's trying to line and I, then I cross the line right. and then jump over the line and, erase the line. and then I go and hide. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's necessary though to find out where the line is. No, Otherwise no. it could have been so much further than you thought. And oh, you know no what? Pushback? No pushback? If I, cool. I feel like that if we would have never, I would have never pushed Sal into talking about the politics, which he loves to talk about anyways. And I think that's been a game changer for us. We've, mm-hmm. we've drawn, I love we, that. we have a lot more uh, people that want to hear those types of questions and are asking more. And again, Again, I think it's because the way we present it, like we're not trying to sway you in a direction whatsoever. It's just- Just he, have the conversation. Yeah. And we do it kind of like in a current event while like something just came out on the news. Of course, everybody's watching it. So Sal will bring it up and I'm hearing about it for the first time as he's bringing it up. I, we're, I'm going to speak my two cents and what I think about it. And sometimes it's not, I'm not agreeing with him. Sometimes I do. So where are you getting more of your followers? Like, do you feel like people find you on Instagram and then they find your podcast now and they find you from- on Instagram from the podcast or has it been no, elsewhere? No, the, the, the podcast Podcasts. carries everything. Yeah. The pod, the, we although, don't even trickles in from that. Although YouTube, YouTube, oh, yeah. YouTube now is starting to really, cause we just, we started YouTube much later, probably a year and a half ago, we started okay. our YouTube channel and now I'm starting to hear, get people who are like, Oh, I, you guys have a podcast. Cool. Let me check that out. Mm-hmm. Whereas before it was all podcasts. But we keep, right. we keep, uh, they're all separate entities and there's different people running each thing. Right. So there's somebody, uh, we treat the, Instagram as its own little business. We treat the YouTube as its own little business. We treat our email marketing as a little business and the podcast, and they all generate revenue streams and have different people that are managing it now. But we always built it up knowing that because, again, it allows us to all this flexibility. Like the podcast may have a theme, but we could do something completely different over on the YouTube and what we do in our emails and what we do on our Instagram. So mm-hmm. we've kept them kind of separate. We, 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 we started looking at new media as uh, because I think there's a, a a problem that people have with new media is they think that because it's new, it's completely different from old media. And there definitely are a lot of elements that are different. And but it's constantly changing. Too. Yes. But there's a lot of elements that are the same. For example, podcasting, radio, YouTube, 
TV, mm-hmm. right? News newsletters or blogs, newspaper. Yep. And so you can see how old media was successful in some ways and what worked there. And you can start to apply a little bit at what we're, so our podcast is different content than our YouTube. It's different content than our blogs and oh, our I newsletters. Think it, I think this is going to be necessary in the future. You won't survive if you don't have if you diversify. Be, because we're we're in a content war now. Because yep. you can't because everything is so quick and easy. People want it. They want mm-hmm. you can't even I can't consume all of our own content. <laughs> right. It's impossible. It's just there's not I don't have the time to possibly do that with everything that's going out. But that's what people they want to know. Like, okay, if this and we're really a media company first and a fitness podcast second. Hmm. Like when we that's why the the company is Mind Pump Media. And then we have Mind Pump Rock, Fitness Truth as the podcast underneath it. Because so the vision was always to so, build this out is as a media company, but we are going to use what we are professionals in for so many years. You know, it's interesting. I think it was yeah. you, Danny, earlier when we were out in the in the kitchen, you said something about um, how today uh, you need to do like three podcasts a week mm-hmm. in order to be relevant. It wasn't like that a couple of years ago. A couple of years ago, everybody was one one episode a week and we were all by ourselves trying to do... There was, I think it was us and I can't... Who else... Was doing tons of podcasts. Was Nobody it or anything like that? No, no. no there's there's still one, one a week. Yeah, they were, now they have more than one a week, but they have different shows right. under their umbrella. But no, I don't. I can't think of any other fitness podcasts or other podcasts that we're doing. Maybe maybe Crowder was doing a, a bunch every week. Was yeah, he, Joe Rogan does Greenfield. Yeah, yeah. No, no he did like one or two. No, ben, ben still only does two or three. But anyways, that was something that we knew that was a strength of ours is that we all have motor mouse, or at least Sal and I have motor mouse. We can talk about <laughs> anything forever. Yeah. And so we're like, let's they just can. keep, let's they just really put can. it, put it out, put it out, put it out. And but now it seems to be that that's that start, starting to become the norm, right? With the, yeah. Everybody needs to produce more and more content. Do you guys struggle with ideas to talk about? <laughs> People ask us all the time, like. That? Do you ever run out of stuff? And it's like, no, we don't. We've been doing this for online business for eight years. Yep. 700 blogs on my site. Like you just find stuff. And I the think, more you create, the more you can create. I think yeah. going back to what we talked about and why I think it's so important to be vulnerable is that we do, we share, I mean, Sal went through a divorce on the podcast. Um, I went from a, having anabolics in my system for four years straight to completely getting off and my testosterone going through the floor and without, and like sharing. I mean, it was like, yeah. Two times in my life, I've I've battled depression, and that was one of them. And mm-hmm. I'm barely coming out of that just a few months ago. So, we share these things on the show, and 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 then what we do is I think that I think people know that, that happens all the time. I had lots of clients that yep. went through all these different things, and I think being able to share that and being vulnerable about that on the show for us, like I think that's what really really helps. And you know, when you're doing that, it, there's always one of us that's going through something, whether it be in our relationship or personally or business. I don't know if it's even. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if it's possible for us not to do that. I, I, it's like you turn on the mics and there's this yeah. just comes out. So let's talk about that a little bit. The relationship stuff. Danny and I, I both talked about our ex-husband's affairs on our show. So we, we totally get that. Um, how do you, like you talk about stuff in real time. Do you wait till you have insights? How do you protect the other person? Like what's the, or. Well, so here, so in my personal, yeah. so I don't, I can't speak for everybody. Okay. But in my personal situation, you know, when I'm talking about my divorce, first off, I'm talking about the mother of my children. So although we had our differences and we had, and we got, you know, divorced, I also know that this is my children are half of her and she's a good mother. She's a great mother. And both of us had decided, you know, when we were going through the divorce, like we will always place them first and make sure that that we're both good parents. And so although there are definitely things about her I don't like, obviously that's why we're not together and things I know she doesn't like about me. It's there's no reason for me to sit here and talk about all these terrible things about her or put her on blast or that stuff. It really, it's I can talk about myself. I can. That's talk how about we my, always do it. It's right. never, it's never. Whenever we talk about our relationships, our partners, anything, we're always sharing the side, the the ownership part on us. Like sure. you know where where I went bad in this conversation. So I mean, I just so Katrina will hear 
I mean, we got into an argument. Uh, <laughs> uh, like, we all had a weird weekend. Like three, three oh, days yeah. ago. All the three of us got in fights and with just, our girls. And I just the put makeup. on the podcast. I believe we it airs tonight. So right. she'll, she'll hear it for the first time. Well, that know? was the thing. Like, do you, we were talking about the divorce during it or did you yeah. wait till it was over and then so you, you want to know what's funny? You want to know what's funny? Mind Pump was probably the catalyst that, that really caused okay. the, yeah caused the divorce to finally happen how many we, other divorces does mind pump cause yeah i don't know <laughs> <laughs> so far just oh my god <laughs> no i mean i don't it, want those statistics we, we had it, it wasn't going good for for 10 years yeah and the the my the realness and rawness of yeah. our conversations on the podcast and my ex-wife was very private she did not like that at all, all right. it wasn't anything new it was she knew that's me it's sure. just now i have an audience and so that really kind of sparked it but no during the process, I talked about the difficulties, the big challenges. The big ones for me were, you know, the guilt uh, with my children, yeah. how to be a great father, how me and my ex can make this work for the children. Because I think it's a travesty when you see divorces yeah. and what happens to the kids. And it's not because of divorce. It's because both people don't know how to act like mature adults and how to do things that, you know, work for the family. Um, and so I talked about all that stuff in the chat. And it was very difficult, very difficult topic, still yeah. a difficult topic to talk about. But I get messages from people who are like, "Man, I'm glad you 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 said that. That really helped me out." And so it just kind of oh, one of the on. first conventions that. that Sal and I went to, LA Fit Expo, uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah. We went there and did a talk on nutrition, and you know, it was the first time we ever had like a line of people waiting to talk to us and meet us. So it was like very memorable for us, going like, "Oh shit, this thing is growing." You know, yeah. it's like getting to that point where people are waiting to talk to us like that. And the thing that I blew me away was I don't think one person in this line of like 50 people I talked to had anything to talk about like fitness. It was all about the person, personal. the relationship and the stuff that we talk about with our significant others. I think that has made arguably a more of an impact on people's lives than even like the health and fitness. But we also talk about how that they're all, con it's all connected. Yep. I mean, it is all, health. Totally. Yeah. That's all health. I mean, how, how can you separate them? I, I, you know, Western, Western medicine has done a fantastic job of, of, segmenting health and isolating things and going super, super deep. I mean, nobody knows as much about the neurological system or the, the liver or the kidneys or all these different things as Western medicine. But they also, a byproduct of that is they forget that it's a human organism. Yeah, that it's, that it's holistic. All, everything, everything, your thoughts, your behaviors, how you are with other people, of course, what you eat, what you, how, how you sleep and that it's all connected. So if we're really going to talk about health, um, then we can't not talk about relationships. That's a fucking part of it. I mean, you could eat perfectly. You could have the best workouts in the world. You could get great sunshine, all that stuff. And if you have terrible relationships, you're not healthy. Bottom line. That's that's another massive part of it. And so yep. that's we just have to talk about it. Yeah, I made a massive shift in my business. I had a fitness business called The Sweaty Betties, and I was finding a lot of... Um, women coming with binge eating issues and the, the deeper and deeper I'd talk to them is like relationship issues, mm -hmm. money issues, conversations they didn't have with their partners. And mm -hmm. so I really made a shift into to not give any more meal plans out because I felt like that wasn't really helping. Nope. So I love that you guys are- Oh, I remember when I stopped in. doing the same thing. Yep. I, and I remember- How long when, did it take you, by the way? Because it took me- <sighs> I'd say I'm still in the middle, but about a year and a half, two years really it, it to make a shift. It took me a long time to figure that out. I would oh, give people meal, out, yeah, yeah no, macros no. and meal plans. Well, it's yeah, tough so because they, they ask you for yeah, it. They demand it. Yeah. That's, I, I want to hire you. Know. So they yeah. expect it. Yeah, I don't know how long it took to figure it out. It just, yeah, I just noticed this pattern, and I was going, okay, this. It, but for me to make the switch finally was a. It was like pretty much overnight. Was I went to uh, an orphanage in 2013, and I saw these kids. We it was literally a day we heart we had hardly eaten all day, and they gave us these white bread peanut butter sandwiches. And I remember thinking that when, during my competing days, I would never eat 
white bread, like Wonder Bread. And I was like, oh my God. But I was so hungry. It was all we had to eat. And I was looking at the, and I'm thinking of these emails I get. They're like, can I eat carbs after seven? Can I eat? And I'm sitting here in this orphanage of these kids. Mm -hmm. This is all they get. And I'm going, who the fuck cares? Mm -hmm. Like some people don't even get to choose what kind of, if they're going to get carbs or not, this is what they get. And so I came home and I just took all my programs down and I pretty much just like went underground for a year. I had somebody run my social media and I kind of went through this, this mental, like uh, I called it the brand identity crisis, but I'm like, I don't know what I could talk about anymore. And this is what I built my brand on and business on, but I can't talk about, I can't talk about carbs anymore. No, well, well, here's Hmm. look, eating is, has been dysfunctional in, uh, in, especially in Western societies for a long time. Here's, here's something that blows people's minds when I say it, but it's completely true. Most people, most people in, in, you know, advanced Western societies have never felt hunger. It's true. Most people don't know what hunger is. They're scared of it. They they feel like they can't handle it. What they know is cravings. They don't know. Now, cravings and hunger are two completely different things. Hunger is, I'm hungry. Whatever food you provide, you put in front of me, I'm going to eat. Cravings is when you're with your friends, you're like, oh, I'm starving. Let's go eat Chinese. I'm not in the mood for Chinese. Let's get pizza. (laughs) I'm not in the mood. I'll have Mexican food though. That's what I really want. I'm really hungry for Mexican food. Now, cravings are fueled by emotion. Mm -hmm. They're fueled by context. They're fueled by the people around you, by your environment. They are not fueled by what your body is asking for and what it needs. They're fueled by all these other things around you. So, and especially if you hate your body, if you hate the way you look, if you identify with the fact that you, if you confuse your body image with your self-image, well, mm-hmm. how is that going to dra- drive your cravings? Think about that for a second. Well, here's what's going to happen. Either I'm going to say something like, I can't have that, which is a strange thing to say. Think about that for a second. I can't, I can't, of course I can fucking have that. Who's going to stop me? <laughs> oh, I know who's going to stop me. This this internal person that I created, this dictator that's telling <laughs> me that I can't eat it. And I'm doing that because why? Because I hate myself so much that I have to create this person who's going to oppress me and tell me I can't eat something. And so what does it look like? It looks like I can't eat something, I can't eat something, I can't eat something. And then all of a sudden, I don't give a shit anymore and I rebel. (laughs) And what happens when you rebel? The pendulum swings in the opposite direction. And this is the dysfunction that we've created. Don't you think diets make us stupider? A hundred percent. Because they make us dependent on like random, just arbitrary rules that like some coach who's never met you gave you like 20 things to follow and you're like good if you follow them and you're bad if you don't. You know, we uh, just got into this last night. I I I fucking hate all of it's made up. It's all made up. Paleo's made up, vegans made up, ketogenics made up. It's all a made up. We need diets and we need religions. It's, it's, you know, I just want to make, make up the next one is all and get yeah. on the front end. And then yeah. Yeah. Danny's going to do the Mexican water diet. Oh yeah, that's you my need diet. drop like <laughs> 10 pounds really fast. Yeah. You just take a Comes chug of water hot. in the tap. Yeah. They tell you not to drink it. You drink it anyway. You know, yeah. you know one of the first diet Three pills. Three days of diarrhea oh. and you're good. So effective. <laughs> one, of the, one of the first diet pills ever sold was tapeworms. Yeah. Tapeworms. People would take tapeworms. A girl I follow on Instagram story she's so funny she googled she went on Amazon and I think they still sell tapeworms I was on her story like two days ago <laughs> wow. so funny well they probably sell them, they probably oh, sell them so for it's in my cart they might sell them for different reasons now I know there's some some uh, autoimmune issues that actually benefit from parasite the infection. Mexican water diet also boosts your immunity because after you get sick your body gets stronger yeah you're selling it's it pretty true. good I like yeah that. <laughs> we were just down there in December <laughs> you know I, I heard this phrase a, a, a while ago and it blew my mind and it was treat yourself like someone that you care about you, you, you got to think about that for a second. So let's say you have a child, right? Everybody can, can most people can identify with, with this. You have a child, you love them, you care about them. How do you treat it, your, your child that you love and care about? Do you give them whatever they want all the time? No, you don't do that either because that's not good. You want them to grow. You want them to be healthy. 
do you lock them in a cage and keep them like like a prisoner or do you oppress them? No, well, that's not good either. Jill and I as parents, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe, right? <laughs> but but how so treat yourself like someone you care about. We don't do that. So if you eat because you love yourself, well, now your decisions change. That means that sometimes if I'm here with if I'm on a vacation with my friends and we're enjoying ourselves and we're connecting, we're bonding. At that moment, I'm having a glass of wine. I'm enjoying my food because it's not about the physical benefits. Obviously, those things aren't going to benefit me physically. It's about the connections I'm making with my friends. Other times, I'm probably going to turn that down because I'm going to take care of my physical body. In fact, most of the time, you're probably going to eat pretty good in terms of your physical health. Most of, But sometimes you're going to make those decisions and it's not going to be this wild swinging of the pendulum where when on one end I'm oppressed, on the other end I'm rebelling. It's because I actually care about myself. And that, you know, and it's crazy to me that that's mind-blowing for people to hear. It's sad. In fact, it's sad. But when you actually examine and, and move forward with that type of an understanding, then the decisions start to reflect it and then your workouts become appropriate. Then your nutrition becomes appropriate. Your sleep becomes appropriate and you start to... And the, the side effect of that is what we're all chasing in the first place, which is, I look better. Well, I think the big question, though, is, and I get this from people, is yeah. how do how do I care about myself? Like, I hate myself now. I don't like how my body is. And I is. feel like if I how, like myself, like if it I takes look, me off the hook. Yeah. That's right. Like, if I liked myself, then I'll give then up. Then I would, yeah, or, yeah, or it's like the opposite of, well, of course, I will treat my body better when I look the way I want to, since I don't now, I hate myself, and so I'm I on need this, guilt. I I'm need on shame. Cycle. I need, you, you don't. know, remorse. You I don't. Need so, things. again, remember, you are creating uh, two separate uh, identities within yourself. You're creating the the dictator that tells you that forces you now, and and, and then you're and then you're creating the other person who's the one that's cowering in the corner and says, "Okay, you know, I won't do that. I won't. I won't do that." Now, ask yourself why you've done that in the first place. Why have I why have I created this this complex situation in my mind to do that? Well, the reality is because you actually don't want to eat the cake. You really don't. Now, that doesn't mean you can't uh, you can't acknowledge that it tastes good. Like I can look at something and say. That's definitely going to taste good. I'm definitely going to enjoy that right now. But the reality is I don't want it because I want to sacrifice that, that, that present feeling of tasting good for the future self of mine who's going to be healthier and feel better. And that's really all it is. You just change the conversation. Now, as far as you know, how can I care about myself? Well, here's the deal. Can you look in the mirror and objectively say to yourself, I don't look healthy. I'm overweight. Uh, I, I don't look fit. I've got bad posture. Yeah, you can do that. You can be objective about that. Just don't confuse that with your self-image mm-hmm. because you may have fat, but you're not fat. You're not, you are not fat. You just have body fat. You have these things. And body image is totally objective. You can, be, you, can be, uh, you, you, you can look at things and be real about them, but you can also start to take that and think that, well, this is, this is my worth and that's where the problem. That's yeah. when you start to hate yourself right. because it becomes your, your, your worth. It's not. Right. It's just, a, it's just I'm being objective. Do you guys so, have any tools that you use to, or would, that you would suggest books or things to help with that? Like getting the better body image or just starting with objectivity. It's like the intellectual best? understanding of like, okay, everything sounds great, but like how do experientially, like how do I actually do it? Like when, like, am I have a choice point? What do I, what's the practice? Do I wake up every day, look in the mirror and say, I love myself? Like what's the actual It's practice? an exercise. Paul, I think Paul checks uh, how to eat, live and be healthy. Book. That's a good book. Mm-hmm. That's a very good I'll book. On, that, yeah. Yep. yep. So um, for that topic, what we, mm-hmm. we just touched It's an on. exercise in awareness. Okay. So at the moment, most people, what they're aware of with food is taste, how it tastes. And that is one signal that we do get from food. Uh, and that's the that's the signal that food manufacturers spend billions of millions of dollars on the, the mouth feel, the taste, the texture, all these different things. But food also provides us with a lot of other things that we're not necessarily aware of. So I'll give you guys an example. I had a client 
a while ago, and I love using this example because it's so clear. I had a client a long time ago had the unhealthiest diet I've ever seen in my entire life. Like she didn't drink water, literally. <laughs> all she drank was soda, Coke and uh, Coke, diet Coke all day long, no water. I couldn't believe her, but that's exactly. We're what laughing because I drink coffee only and not water. But yeah. I'm drinking some water right now, but it has bubbles in it. <laughs> so there you go. Um, she never had eaten a vegetable, never. And so through the process of training her, you know, she started getting better about certain things. But vegetables, she's like, they make me gag. I don't like the taste. And so I said to her, I said, okay, let's try this. Which one can you tolerate the most? And she said, broccoli. Although it's disgusting, I'm not going to throw up if I have a little bit of it. I said, that's perfect. Yep. I said, what I want you to do is I want you to eat broccoli and I want you to become hyper aware of all the other things that broccoli does for you besides the bad taste. And so she said, okay. And so she kept a journal. And this is how you have to start. You have to start by actually writing things down to become aware of them. So she would eat the broccoli and then she noticed, oh, I had better digestion. And then my skin looks a little bit better. I feel a little bit better. My mood seemed to be a little bit better. And so she started marking these things down little by little. And then guess what started to happen? She started to enjoy broccoli. Now, now this isn't magic. Food manufacturers have known this forever. In fact, let me ask you guys a question right now. What is the number one food you crave when you go to the movies? Well, popcorn. Situational popcorn. eating. Yeah. <laughs> popcorn. Popcorn. Now, why is that? Why do we want pop? I don't know. I, don't, I honestly don't want popcorn ever, right. except for when I'm at the movie. Because the smell. That is, a, mm. an, that is an association and a connection that they have made for you. And so now you enjoy the popcorn when you watch a movie. Well, you can do that to yourself or for yourself with other foods. So although healthy food may not excite the neurons in your brain with the dopamine and may not have the same mouthfeel and maybe they're not engineered to be hyper palatable like the Frankenstein foods that are created that you see in the, in the, in the grocery stores. Like Pop-Tarts. But they provide other things that you can become hyper, that you can become aware of, start to pay attention. And what will happen is you'll start to find that you'll want to eat them because of these associations. And then you'll associate the taste with how you feel and then you'll start to actually enjoy the taste as well. Kava. Yeah. We eat kava like every day after the gym. Mm. You guys know what kava is? Those big bowls. It's like, it's uh, like a healthier. I've seen them. No. Wait, kava, I haven't had one. Like kava chipotle. the tea? It's, no, no, no. no, no. It's, it's, a, it's like a chipotle yeah. kind of, I don't know. Healthier maybe. Mm. But they've created something where literally I'll only want to go to the gym just so I can get kava. Well, you yeah. know you go to the mall and like Cinnabon, <laughs> right? At the mall, Cinnabon, yeah. they've actually shown that that's a spray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So like, oh, that's funny. yeah, you walk in and all you can smell is cinnamon rolls. Well, it's actually a spray. I'll oh, tell that's you, hilarious. I'll, I'll tell you what, you know, you, th- that's, a, that's a great point is if you want to become more aware of how food affects your body and you want to be able to feed yourself more intuitively and take care of yourself, you're probably going to have to almost eliminate uh, pro- uh, highly processed foods. And here's mm-hmm. why. Highly processed foods are engineered to be hyper palatable. They're engineered yeah. to override your, your body's natural systems of satiety. Mm. So I'll give you an example. If I boiled a bunch of potatoes, if I just boiled potatoes in water and I peeled them, no salt, no butter, nothing, just plain baked uh, boiled potato. And I put a bowl of them in front of you and I said, okay, eat 2000 calories of these. I'm going to give you 30 minutes. It would be hard to do. At some, no satiating food. Oh, you, yeah. you would eat it and you'd be like, oh, I'm gagging. I don't, yeah. don't want to eat anymore. Now, if I took those same potatoes and fried them and turned them into potato chips, could you eat 2,000 calories within Holla. 30 yeah. minutes? All day. Absolutely. And so why? Because the fried Delicious. potato chips overrides your body's natural systems of, of satiety. And believe it or not, these ex- have existed because we evolved to have them. Yep. Processed foods, hi- they, they, they hijack that. Hmm. And, and so you can't listen to your body when you're eating these foods. Look, I'll give you a good example. You ever have a big meal and you feel like you're stuffed? 
Like I can't eat as, uh, any more food. I and can't then have dessert a, comes out, and, and then you old, can eat more. That's right. There's a uh, <laughs> what's that guy's name? The guy who's the eating the he eats a ton of food. The, man versus food. Yeah. Man versus food. There was an episode where Did he that, had to eat. A, uh, it was a sink of ice cream. <laughs> a kitchen oh. sink of ice cream. Yeah. And so he's eating this, and he gets like two thirds of the way through, and he starts to gag because he because satiety starts to kick in. That palate fatigue yeah. starts to kick in. So do you know how he finished it? He ordered a large plate of extra crispy, extra salty yes, French salt. fries. Yep. He ate the French fries. So Thou- he- a thousand calories of French fries. <laughs> <laughs> more food and then went back. Yeah. But then what happens in the brain is it... it, uh, it it's novel it, again. It overcomes that, 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 that palate fatigue and then he was able to finish the ice cream. This wow, is what happens amazing. to us when we eat hyper palatable food. So when yeah. you eliminate them, your body actually starts to rewire itself a little bit. You'll find that fruit all of a sudden tastes like candy. Vegetables all of a sudden start to taste a little bit better. Meat starts to taste a little bit better. And you'll find that you'll get full differently or more. And you won't overstuff yourself because now your body's working the way it should. So I have yet to find someone who could eat lots of highly processed food and doesn't have problems with overconsuming. This is okay, why we, this is why we wrote- We actually haven't cooked in six years. Mm. Both of us don't cook. Oh, uh, That doesn't mean we eat processed food all right, the time. Right, right. But There's all kinds of options now. Mm-hmm. That's why we wrote the uh, intuitive guide was because someone guide. asked a question just like you asked that sent him on that rant right there is because it is like, well, okay, how do you make that yeah. transition? Yeah, totally. So, so and I think that's- I hate the term symptoms. intuitive eating. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, I love the concept, yes. but it's right. so hard to teach someone. Oh, it's incredible. Just uh, listen to your body. If you had told concept. us when we were obsessed with food in our yo-yo dieting days- yeah. Rule following days to just like eat when you're hungry. I would have been like, I don't what, know when what I'm does hungry. That mean? No, no I, idea. Of course yeah. not. You, Stop when you're full. Like yeah. what? Do uh, you keep going? I'm eating your tour two o'clock. I we're don't just pay getting, attention to we're this. We're just getting yeah. started right. when we're. This full. is also this <laughs> is also how we recommend people to utilize fasting. Is we don't talk about it as a way, as a weight loss tool like right. you see it marketed. Fasting as is our, a great awareness tool. Yeah, it's a yeah. great tool to make people aware of like when they're really fucking hungry. Or not. Yeah, it's like no mindfulness is key. Right, you go all of a sudden you go 24 hours and you haven't eaten. You're like, oh shit, I actually feel fine. Yeah, I'm fine. One thing I learned I didn't from die of starvation. one thing I learned from fasting, I did this uh, a couple weeks ago, was how often I eat just because I'm bored or yep. in the room. Or you're supposed to at that time. Because right? yeah, so there were many times I wasn't actually hungry, and I was like, oh, reaching for something, and I'm going, yeah. oh, like I'm just like going, wow, I eat quite often just because it's time or I'm in the room to eat or just feel like eating because I have nothing else to do mm-hmm. when I wasn't actually hungry. So no. it was really interesting no, for fasting, me. Fasting in some way, shape, or form exists as a part of culture and religions, ancient religions for thousands and thousands. Of, every major religion yeah. has fasting in its protocol. Yeah. Well, that makes every, sense for you. Every major culture, <laughs> every major culture uh, has got fasting and, it, and for a reason. Um, I fast 48 to 72 hours once every month. I don't do it for the fitness or the health benefits, although I do see some of those as well. I do it for the, call it what you will, spiritual, emotional benefit, like the detachment. Our church actually has the church I grew up in. It's a fast Sunday. The first Sunday of every month is fasting. It's a practice and it helps a lot. Now, of course- can you turn that into a dysfunction? Totally, yeah. Absolutely. It's called anorexia. Well, that's why we we didn't write it until like we had explained mm-hmm. on the show multiple times. Like when we put this guy together, this is not, and I, I came out and said, I think it's actually an advanced way of eating. I think yes. the average person that's doing it is doing it for, most people are doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Oh, I'm just going to not eat. And then, I mean, then you just turn into somebody who's a bulimic. I mean, that's yeah, the only difference. Or anorexic. <laughs> or anorexia. Yeah, I mean, it's just definitely. perpetuating the all yeah. or nothing yeah. way of doing things because yeah. like you said, you're going to have that pendulum back into overindulgence no. or binging later. No, it's, so eating, eating, you know, quote unquote, intuitively, it takes a lot of work, a lot of practice because you've lived your entire life in a totally non-intuitive, ignore the signals of my body, you know, override them Excess. kind of way. Yeah, totally. And so how in the hell am I going to, you know, I don't even know how to, li- you know what it is? 
you're in the stage of unconscious incompetence when it comes to food. Most people, mm-hmm. they don't know what that they, they don't, don't know. know. Yep. And so you have to take your, that person to the conscious incompetence stage and then you can start to work on you know, intuitive eating. You know, fasting helps. Well, that's tracking why we your talk about helps. fasting, though, yeah. is because like this is a new problem. I mean, we we are in excess. Like everything is in abundance. So it's like, how do we now? Yeah. You know, choose quality things and and focus on what's going to make me healthy because it's like everything's available. Yeah. You know, this is what I just do. Like right. it's part of my day, and so it's like trying to tell somebody that no, you know, th- this shouldn't be part of your day and you need to be a little more restrictive in your mm-hmm. choices is a tough sell. Yeah, the irony of, of all of this, and this is such a tough thing for people to understand because, and I know it's, it, some people might even think it sounds condescending, but, you know, a lot of people want to lose weight and want to look better so that they can be happy. The irony of that and the, the, the tough irony is you have to be happy mm-hmm. for that to happen. Mm-hmm. It, doesn't, it doesn't happen the other way around. In fact, if you chase happiness through fitness, if you chase happiness through aesthetics, I should say, changing your body, you will never find it. It is a hole without a bottom. And if you don't believe me, all you got to do, go visit a figure competition. I was just going to say, we we live that life. (laughs) We were backstage with girls that were 10% body fat and they're like angry, pissed off, insecure. Uh, On the other hand, you know, you have people who are not super shredded, but they walk into a room and just like light up the room because they're so confident. Mm -hmm. They just have that star, like kind of magnetic quality. And I went through the, like after a competition, adrenal fatigue, and I gained 30 pounds. And I remember just trying to lose it, trying to lose it, trying to lose Mm -hmm. it. Mm-hmm. it and then when i finally just released that and just didn't i was like i don't care anymore this you is who just i am not give a fuck it just i literally did i stopped working out completely i ate whatever i wanted and as i just started to release the attachment to that like the weight started coming off without me trying without me dieting it was just like letting it go and actually being okay with me and mm-hmm. i did a lot of inner work and it started to show on the outside mm-hmm. it, it, how ironic right you were yeah. chasing something for so long and here's the thing Fight your body all you want. Yep. Your body will win. Yep. It'll give you, it'll send you signals. And if you ignore them, they get louder and louder. Yep. And then pretty soon it's screaming in your face. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, I've met people in that exact, lots of people in that situation who didn't do what you did. Yep. And they kept going and they kept going and they ended up with autoimmune issues. Yeah. They ended up with lupus or they ended up in severely bad situations. Yeah. And you know, the, the, the other term now for adrenal fatigue is HPA axis yeah. dysfunction. dysfunction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you, I, I tell you, and that's super common in, your, in that world yeah. that you guys were in. Super, super common that that world of push your body super hard, feed your body very, very little. Your body now is in real survival mode, and it will not do what you want it to do. All it's trying to do is survive, and good luck with that. You yeah. have to take the brakes off, or you have to hit the brakes, take your foot off the pedal, kind of let your body chill for a second, let your body know it's okay. Like you yep. don't need to hold on to this body fat, yep. and you know <laughs> cortisol can get, the cortisol receptors can upregulate it a little uh, a little bit now because my cortisol has been so high for so long like yep. get those receptors back and get my estrogen and progesterone balanced out and and you know then your skin starts to get clear again your digestion starts to fix and then before you know it you're like oh shit yeah. I have a faster metabolism. Like, what's going on? Right. Yeah, I've, I've seen it, I don't know, a hundred times. Yeah, totally. dieting is such a severe control mechanism. Exercise, control mechanism. Like, it, you it don't is. even know why you're doing it all. It is. You know, the, 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 the cool thing about all of this is if you, if you do these things that we're talking about, and there's a lot more, obviously, you want to get in a little more depth, but if you do these things that we're talking about, the, the base that you'll get is, well, imagine this. Imagine if you were in an excellent state of health. Imagine if you ate according to how your body needed to be fed. You exercised appropriately. So that means sometimes it's intense. Sometimes it may be not so intense. You got good sleep. You had good relationships, all that stuff. What is the physical representation of that? What would a physical body that has all those things that are good, what do you think that looks like? 
it looks pretty fucking good. Vitality. You're yeah. relatively lean. Yep. You've got decent amount of muscle mass, mobility, strength. Clear complexion. Clear complexion. GIs. Good energy. Probably what most people are chasing and yeah. want. Now, I do know <laughs> that there's a lot of people listening who are like, nah, I want to be shredded. Right. I want to be super shredded or I want to be super jacked, yeah. which is fine. It's absolutely fine. But I tell you what, how? what if your base was what I just said? And then from there, if you want to have some fun with the science, you want to tweak things, you can get super shredded. But then when you go off that super shredded, because you will, you go back to this nice fit, relatively lean, strong base rather than what we see in that competitive world, yep. which is shredded, Blow up. super fat, yeah. <laughs> shredded, yep. super unhealthy. We did it for years. Yeah, well, you didn't, I did. Absolutely. So it's a, it's a, good, it's a good thing to... Chase the health and the aesthetics will follow. I love that. Love that. There was a, we were going to share the story, the uh, water. Do you want to talk about the water guy oh, wait, going uh, up the stream to get the <laughs> Oh yeah. This is I maybe the last question we can ask you guys. So you guys obviously well read and, you know, talk about a lot of different things in the industry. And um, do you feel like sometimes for the average person, the conversation might be a little bit too deep. So for example, Danny mm-hmm. and I went to um, Bulletproof <laughs> Labs a couple weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> That's why this is this works and it's magical is because yeah. I think Sal will try- calm him down sometimes. Sal will try because the science is amazing, but yeah. like the average person's just like, okay, that's great. We we listened to a forty five minute talk yeah. from a dude who was telling us the different the merits of different types of water and not like sparkling versus regular. It was like regular and he, and it culminated with his ultimate recommendation to take a hose to the top of a mountain. And get your spring like water. Like you can't here. drink out of a, a and plastic we're bottle. At each other, like, like, I'm like, shit, if bro. I don't drink out of a plastic bottle, <laughs> yeah. I'm not drinking anything. And I so. wanted to leave and yeah. just Who's go drink out that? of like a hot plastic water bottle <laughs> just in rebellion because it was saying. too much. Like yeah. you know what I'm saying? Here's so, the crazy part: these brilliant yeah. minds are just as insecure as all of us in this room, and their insecurity is different. It's they. I have got to be the smartest person. Yeah, and I and it's when I see that, I just see someone feeding their ego because I know that ninety plus percent of the of the people out there because I've trained thousands plus they they never got that message. I couldn't I never took anything that I read out of out of a book and then read it back to them and to get them to understand it. Like right, it, right. that's why they pay people like us is to help them with you that. You have to it's be like, able to communicate it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Communication is so important. And I think that that getting the psychological piece and helping people wrap their brains around that is so I get so irritated by seeing all the fucking scientists arguing and debating over semantics it's it's yeah. so if stupid. you're not making it relatable what yeah. worth is it you know yeah. like in my opinion it's like if you can't bring it onto the level where you understand your audience and you can't you know take them in consideration and actually present it in a way where wow they leave with something like they they can understand you what you're talking about you're just otherwise you're just talking right over everybody's head mm-hmm. and it's just not effective and they so feel like they that's can do your it. fault yeah mm-hmm. yeah like i love the the broccoli example so like a lot of times we'll have clients that don't like vegetables either i'll be like do you like caesar salad like i know that that's not ideal but at least it gets them like getting used to the mouthfeel and then like over time we start progressing them and what's your desired outcome the desired outcome is we help these people it's not that i stand up and i sound really smart or that i've got the newest science or i just learned this and i know it and everybody else doesn't let me teach it to you like no Mm -hmm. like that's what matters is helping these people out and Getting into arguing that stuff, I think, is so silly. So. Look, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, if you uh, improve yourself, even just a minuscule percent every day, if you, every day you just do a little tiny bit better than you were yesterday, in a very short period of time, like in like six months or a year, that's a big difference. You know, mm-hmm. if I have two parallel lines running together and I move one up just a degree, you might not be able to tell right here, but if we follow that line down the street, all of a sudden you can see there's a big difference. 
And so that's really all it's about. So start where you're at. Well, so in fact, that's the better. That's the better way to do things. That's though. it. That's the, the only the way. Goal to do should it. be to do <laughs> as little as possible to elicit the most amount of change. Yep, I agree. You know, because one, it, it that's way more attainable that way. And I'm sharing right now. I'm going through because I told you I just came out of like battling depression mm-hmm. and and I was way out of shape and dealing with my hormone level hormone levels. And now I'm showing my workouts. And I'm showing people that it's like, I'm, you, you're, I'm not doing hardly anything. Yeah. You know, it's like, it doesn't yeah. take much. I don't need to. In fact, I still find myself flirting with going too far, mm. getting too sore. It's mm-hmm. like, I didn't yeah. even need to do that. So where in the past, I remember thinking like, okay, if I wasn't sore, then I didn't get a good workout. Yeah. And I think that's part of the problem. Totally. So communicating things like that, I think, are, I mean, we haven't even addressed, I mean, the importance of just teaching people to move. I've changed more lives teaching people to walk after they eat mm-hmm. or get up and walk with your spouse or walk the dog. Chew your what food. Ex- yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. We right. sound like moms. Right. Yeah. 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 Chew your food. It's crazy. Walk but good sleep. You know? those, those <laughs> Go for a walk. The big rock. Those are the big rocks. Totally. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think like right now when talking about like steps and movements, one that I push all the time because I'm just so blown away on, I mean, our average, okay, for the country is like four to 6,000 steps a day is what the average American moves. Now, if oh, it's better than I thought. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's on. That's on the. I higher. think because you have a lot of you have some people skewing that up because mm-hmm. I, a lot oh, of yeah, people. Oh that's I know. athletes. Everyone's included yeah, in that. Yeah, that's yeah. The, everybody, right? Four to six thousand steps a day. Which you're right. The average per client that I had was more like fifteen hundred to two thousand. Yeah. yeah. Which, if you actually put a pedometer on and go take a walk for thirty minutes, you'll surpass that. That just shows you that that's how much you fucking move in an entire day. Are you kidding me? Right. And the difference of you just getting someone to go from 2,000 steps a day up to 10, which is still considered sedentary, but getting up to just moving 10,000 steps, that will make so much a bigger difference in their overall fat loss and health Mm -hmm. and well-being than almost anything else that you can Mm -hmm. break down to them. So I think- Getting a walking is a marketing problem, though, yeah. don't you think? Like, I mean, we all know it works, but when you someone hears that, like, oh, it's not good enough, it's boring, it's boring, it's, it's not good enough, even though we know that it moves the dial. So, I feel like we're up against some of these really strong well, because you got electric scooters everywhere, and, crazy yeah. fitness programs. Well, it's because how do you sell it? You know, they're yeah. always trying to sell that something that's different or more, Novel. so or that yeah. Works yeah. yeah, like fasting. Like, we talked about yeah. fasting a lot in this, uh, on this episode, like. Yeah, but uh, now there's all these BCAs fasting supplements. Take, you know? <laughs> now there's all these fasting, fasting supplements. Like, no, oh fasting God. is nothing. Yeah. You can't really make yeah. money off of it, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. There's yeah. really nothing. Right. Well, leave it to fasting branch. Leave it to the fitness <laughs> industry, though. They'll make. They'll yeah. find a way to make yeah. money. Yeah. Off it How do we sneak into this process? It helps process. you fast better. It makes it 24 hours and only two hours if you take it. Yeah, don't eat for two hours. Faster fast. Wow, you faster The fastest fast. The fastest fast. That's fine. You know any 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 fundamental change you make and what in your life and what I mean by fundamental is a change that lasts require it's there's a couple things and this is you know psychologists will talk about this all the time and it doesn't matter we're talking about fitness but this can be anything is you want to challenge yourself enough to where there's meaning you feel like there's meaning but don't challenge yourself so much that you know you're that you that you'll fail because then you're going to get disheartened and you're not going to do it so that's different from person to person so if you're super sedentary you have you've never worked out you're eating really bad and you're like, okay, I want to I wanna improve my fitness. Well, this is what you do. Rather than saying, get the newest workout, I'm going to go to the gym four days a week and I'm totally. going to do all this cardio, say, okay, what, what, is a cha- what is a realistic challenge for me? In other words, what do I know that's going to challenge me, but I also know that I can probably stick to that? Can I get up and walk for 30 minutes, three days a week? Mm, probably not. I'm probably going to end up missing a day here or there. What about two days a week? Oh, I don't know. I'm really busy. I really hate it. How about once a week? Uh, 30 minutes is a lot. 10 minutes. Okay, I can do 10 minutes. All right, let's stick with that. Yeah. That's a challenge. 
that I know is hard for me, but I also know is realistic. Now, let me stick with that for a little while. Let me stick with that. And when I feel like I've got that under my belt, now move to the next one. And it depends. It, person, yep. Look, I've had clients where all I did was have them read a page right. of a health book. Yep. <laughs> like that's, and, I, and literally, like, yep. what is realistic mm-hmm. for you? Mm-hmm. Let's start with that. Because you have to have meaning behind what you're doing as well. It has to be challenging, but it can't be so challenging that you fail. But that meaning part is very, very important. You have to have that meaning. Otherwise, look, I've- We're I've still trained, used to all or nothing. Well, like I've that. trained clients. I'll tell you what. I used, to, I used to own a wellness facility that was next to uh, a hospital. And they had a gastric bypass uh, procedure program there. Gastric bypass procedure, for people listening who don't know what that is, that's where they take the stomach, they bypass most of it, so they leave you with this small pouch that you you basically can't overeat. It'll make you throw up. And they do, they do this on the severely obese. And I would get people who come from having that gastric bypass procedure. And so they were forced to lose weight, and they'd mm-hmm. lose a lot of weight. And then I'd have people who would come to me through the gastric bypass uh, procedure you know, program who would come to me and say, you know, I'm going to try doing this through this first First. before I get that surgery. And I had two clients at the same time that were in the same program. I had one guy who got the procedure. He would come to the workouts late. He would skip workouts sometimes. He did lose 100 pounds, um, but then we eventually just stopped training because he was super inconsistent. I ran into him a year later and had gained, he had actually gained most of the weight back because through dedication, you can actually stretch out that little tiny stomach into a big one. I had another client who started with me who had over 100 pounds to lose, and she lost over, over a three-year period with me, grand total of 20 pounds. That's it. 20 pounds in three years. However, she had, made re- she had made real changes in her life. She'd never missed a workout. And there were like, real changes with her nutrition, with her workout. Now, the fourth year that we were together, she lost almost all the weight. It mm-hmm. took her three years to lose almost all mm-hmm. that weight. I'm still in contact with her today. So this was like seven years ago. Still in contact with her today. Uh, she's more fit the, than she was when she stopped with me. In fact, she's getting a personal training certification uh, and she's never okay. going to go back. Why? Because there was meaning behind what she was doing. She was doing it in a way where it was a fundamental lifelong change, but she did it incrementally at her pace, challenging enough to where it gave her meaning, but not so challenging that she would fail. And that's really the only approach I think yeah. you can have take. You guys seen the, have you guys seen the new assist thing that's out? That's oh, FDA. Aspire approved. assist. Oh, Aspire assist. No, it is. Oh, I did a blog on this in like 2013. Oh my God. Is it like, it's like something, it's like almost a it's bulimia, a, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's exactly yeah. what it is. So I did a, I did a blog on it in 2012 or 13. Direct but bulimia. Like, yeah, yeah. It's just basically like you eat and you just, it comes right out. It's a that tube that they so attach to your stomach. And you eat and then you open the tube and you. I was like furious about it. We talked about it the first year we started and. And it's surfaced back again where more and more people are starting to ask about it again. So I it's didn't know it was back. Yeah, I did a blog about it years yeah. ago. Ugh. But that's pretty crazy. Okay, so one last question for you all because this is the Best Life Podcast. So we want to know mm. and you can each in, uh, answer individually and then give us where we follow you. So who wants to go first? What's, I want to know what uh, is the best life to you? What does that look like, your best life? Oh, wow. Oh, man, I'm going to be a little cheesy right with now. The heavy no, cheesy is yeah. good. We like I, cheese. I, re- <laughs> I really feel, and I just, I talked about this in an interview just the other day. That um, because my mo in the past, I've I've uh, built multiple businesses up, and it was to build them up and then kind of burn them down. It's like build them up, prove that I could do it, prove that I was one of the best at it, and mm-hmm. then okay, I moved on to the next thing, chasing this thing. And for a long time too, I thought that was money because I came for I didn't have very much growing up, so I thought oh, once I made a certain amount of money and mm-hmm. that happened and it didn't it didn't fulfill me the way I thought it would. And for the first time in my life, I truly feel completely fulfilled when it comes to my business and personal life right now. And it's not because it's 
easy by any means, but actually because it has all these different things that challenge me and all the ways I want to be challenged. Yeah. So the podcast pushes me in a way that I have to grow on a regular basis because we're putting our stuff out there. The business is so big that it has so many different legs. It's It will be the biggest thing that I've ever built in my life or been a part of building. And so I think that makes it really cool. And I can see all different things that I could build off of it if we want to keep going with it, or I can just be content with the way it's fulfilling me right now. And may, and we talk about this all the time that we may keep it where it's at and just travel and do what we do and meet great people and, you know, kind of manage the team that we have. And so, and, but I love the, uh, the fact that I, I have that option within this. So, I mean, I, I don't think that, uh, I, I don't think it can get much better for me right now. I really believe that, uh, Life is great. And even on the moments where it's challenging, like I have, we, I'll, I'll be driving home and I'll call Katrina and God damn it, rah, 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 barking about the day and stuff like that. And she always checks me right afterwards. She goes, would you want it any other way? Yeah. Ooh, would you, yeah. Would yeah. you want it? You're like, oh damn yeah. it, no, would I wouldn't. You, right. <laughs> would you want all those issues to be easy? And I'm like, fuck no, that's why yeah. I love this. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> yep. you know, I think that, and a, a lot of that comes, I think with uh, maturity and age. I mean, I'm 36 going on 37 this year. So it's taken some years of, again, why I quoted Gary V of the eating shit for nine to 10 years first. I think, you know, you got to kind of do it to learn yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I proved that I was a good, successful businessman a long time ago and a great trainer and all those other things, but they didn't fulfill me the same mm-hmm. way. And like, I think that a lot of that was learning about myself. And so I feel I'm living my best life right now. So that's amazing. Yeah. Love it. Sounds cool. cheesy though, right? No, <laughs> that's what we said. And we're, we always say that it's a, a choice. Yeah. 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 And where can people find you? Uh, you can find me personally. I'm most active on my uh, Mind Pump Adam Instagram page. Um, that's probably the best place where if you want to communicate with me, if you find me on Facebook or other things like that, I rarely ever check that stuff. Okay. Mind um, Pump Adam. Awesome. Yeah, I think for me, it's just really finding my purpose. And um, that's a continuous day-to-day thing. And I, 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 there's like an overarching sort of a purpose about you know, me leaving a legacy, whether that's through my own family or through, you know, any of the work that I've accomplished or just been a part of and has touched people in some way, you know, I want it, I want it to be something that, you know, I like I'm living this life for a reason. Like I'm not just kind of taking a passenger seat and kind of riding it out and letting things come at me. And, and part of that for me is really growth. So really seeking opportunities to find growth. Uh, And so this is one of those opportunities for me. um, And I've always been on the heavy pursuit to make myself uncomfortable. And uh, it's, it's just that understanding that there's ebb and flow and there's, there's good times, there's bad times, but you know, there's all of that is important in that it, it, it all feeds into, you know, like uh, defining that purpose for you. So that's that's me. Uh, I'm at Mind Pump, Justin. You know, check me out on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, we got really great pics. Uh, leave me a comment. They DM, said Justin's whatever. the hottest one, so ladies, you can he, all. He's vote. the Brad Pitt of podcasting. Well, that's actually, the- that's, that's on his, it that's is. On that's Instagram. actually my tagline. I've uh, been coined that many times. It's <laughs> kind of getting out of hand. So if you want to follow anyone for eye candy, it's Mind Pump Justin first. Then- <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yeah, taking tons them. of followers coming up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, for me, it's um, I used to think I wanted a life of happiness and then I realized that happiness is is an emotion just like any other emotion sadness you can't have happiness without sadness you have to have the contrast and now it's really just uh, a life of peace I want to I want to feel peace and that comes from and they, they talked about it. I'm gonna echo them uh, meaning and purpose and I definitely love helping others I, do, I love spreading 
you know, what I feel is good information and all that. But if I'm being truly honest, the people that I impact the most are the people closest to me, and that's my kids. And if I can, if I can raise two children who find purpose and meaning in their life and who are good, honest people um, with good integrity who value, um, you know, the sovereignty of the individual who value uh, other human beings and, um, and, and value things like honesty and hard work, uh, and sacrifice, and uh, who also understand that you know life is a spectrum of of emotions, and to not be afraid of the bad ones because uh, the bad ones are what cause us to grow. Then I, I I feel like I've done a good job, and so for me that's the best life is is to continue to to try to do that. And going through my divorce has really made me I feel like a much much better father. It forced me to. I had to like look at things and say, okay, how can I make how can I make the biggest impact and the best impact on my kids? And so, um, a t- through a terrible thing, I think some awesome things have come out of come out of it, and that's just one of them. So, that's it. Amazing. Now yeah. you can find me Mind Pump Sal on Instagram, um, and then our our website is mindpumpmedia.com, and then of course the podcast is Mind Pump, and then we have a YouTube channel Mind Pump TV. Ooh. Amazing. You guys need to, uh, they put different content on each one of those platforms. So make sure you guys uh, do the usual stalking and yeah. slide into the DM. We embrace it. Yeah, you guys are the best. Thank you so much for this. We appreciate Love your it. time. I know you guys are super busy and just really cool to be able to Thank you guys. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. It was awesome. Thank you.